Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWY. Terry Slavens with you, joined by Angela Robinson. Angela, we have a very special guest on the phone with us this morning. Oh, you are in for a treat. I am just ecstatic that we have this very special guest on the show. And I want to kind of uh, start, you know, we've been over the last few weeks, obviously, talking about one thing and one thing only in um, various ways, and that is COVID-19, right. right? And today is no different, but uh, a totally different subject. And everyone knows, you know, we talk about life planning a lot. And and I think in, in times like this, you're seeing a lot go around about leadership and changing your perspective and, you know, being an innovator and being someone that is able to take this crisis and turn it into something better and bigger and greater for you, your family, your business, uh, your career, whatever it is. And I was reminded this weekend, my son, we're talking, we, we had a, a friend uh, have a son pass away that he'd been struggling for a long time, had nothing to do with COVID-19. And we were talking about it. And so he got to asking about heaven, what heaven is like. And, and so we kind of went through this situation and he said, well, mommy, he says, I feel like I'm already in heaven. (laughs) And I thought, you know, how wonderful is that? You know, there's leadership in itself. You know, we talk about finding joy, choosing joy in your situation. And, you know, um, we work with a lot of business owners, a lot of farmers, a lot of ranchers, a lot of people that employ people, a lot of executives that lead teams. But I think in today's environment, no matter where you're seated, you're a leader. And this is why we're having this gentleman on the show today. His name is Jeff Moore. And he is, I I can't even go through his biography for the sake of time on the show, but he ultimately has worked at uh, UT, or he worked at UT Austin for 23 years as the women's tennis coach. And he won two double NCAA championships there. He had two double NCAA finals in addition to that. He advanced the final four three times and the elite eight three times and won 18 conference championships wise there. So this is a, a, I would say someone that, that definitely knows how lead right and so you know he's uh he's entered the second leg of life and and he's really in in my opinion giving back so much value i had the opportunity the last time i traveled right before covid19 i had the opportunity with a group i belong to called pinnacle group to hear him down in Austin, Texas. And uh, he talked about uh, a book he wrote called Strive Together. And what he does now is he does coaching for leadership, for CEOs, for business owners, for people, anybody that's leading a team and, and helping that team learn to strive together. And as I was talking to him as a follow-up to our conversation, he was telling me about a blog that he's been writing or started writing as a, as a result of COVID-19 and, and talking about ambiguity. And I said, oh, you have to come on our show. And so I guess it's just timing. I don't know how this happened, but uh, we are truly honored to have Mr. Jeff Moore on the show with us today. And uh, Jeff, let's make sure that we can hear you just fine. Are you there with us? I am. Wonderful. I'm here. Well, thank you for being on the show today. And I know, you know, we're in this rapidly changing 
uncertain, crazy world right now. And you uh, wrote something in your first uh, blog that you put out. You know, do you simply want to cope with this ambiguity or thrive in it? And I thought, wow, that's a wonderful thing to really think about. So I'm going to let you just talk about, you know, you've wrote this book called Strive Together. You've obviously been successful in leading and not managing. And I assume you've done that in times of ambiguity. (laughs) So if you wouldn't mind, just talk a little bit about how you came to do this and what it is that motivates you and how you're able to help leaders and business owners and, you know, uh, people that are trying to so-called manage a team. Thank you for having me, first of all, Angela. And I, um, I'm a little bit older, and I'm a history buff, so I've lived through a lot of eras. And I think the era that we're in now, we were in certainly before COVID-19, is an era where we're too concerned with managing expectations and managing our brand. It wasn't that long ago that the term personal brand did not exist. We branded things like soap <laughs> and toilet paper. Yeah and not people. And so what's happened is we've come into this period in our country where the country itself, not everyone in the country, is very, very affluent, but we've sort of put off problems, serious problems that are facing our future generations. And businesses, sports organizations, schools have sort of taken on this same approach. Um, We have become a results-obsessed world, not a results-oriented world. And this was before COVID-19. What that means is everyone's familiar with the trophy for everyone uh, (laughs) mentality. But basically, that's what it's come down to is we're so focused on winning that winning's become overrated because everybody wins. And if you're not appearing to be winning, you can spin it. Mm. So what we've fallen into is the trap of managing our brand, managing expectations, and not leading Because to lead, you have to get out of your comfort zone. If you really want to do something special, if you want to solve a complex problem, you have to, as a leader, uh, either in a leadership position or if you're an individual contributor um, leading by example, you have to get out of your comfort zone and be ready to solve difficult problems. And so many of the problems that businesses face today, particularly in the software industry, but really all businesses do not have solutions like they used to. So my past is in getting the most out of people and trying to cultivate a sense in them that they can stretch beyond what they think their limitations are. We, I was fortunate enough to coach young women that felt like they could overcome whatever obstacle that they could beat the odds And we need to get back into that sort of mentality, I feel like, when we come out of this, which if we do, I think we'll be in a much better place than we were before this crisis hit. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, you're the history buff, but Winston Churchill is the one that says, never let a good crisis go to waste. And, right. uh, you know, and I, I'm reminded of something I'm in a part of, and I may have mentioned to you, this to you, Jeff, but I'm in part of something called Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. And, you know, he talks about, are you innovating or competing? 
And I'm reminded of that right now because I think so many people are either just surviving and trying to compete just to live or, you know, and they've gotten out of that, that frame, even even the best of the best have maybe gotten out of that frame of, of innovation, of doing what has made them great to begin with. And, you know, you created this Striver Quotient Assessment Tool. And we went through that, of course, and when I was down there in Austin, it was absolutely wonderful. I know, uh, will you talk about that for just a minute? Because that's powerful and it's going to perfectly lead us into the rest of the show where you are talking about the different relationships that you have in strivership. Well, I would, um, I would counter what Mr. Sullivan's saying, and, and I know what he means, but I think innovation and competing go together. Um, I think what we're doing now is comparing. I have a 3.9 GPA, you have a 3.8, I'm better than you. Or I have a 3.0, you have a 2.9, I'm better. That's all that matters. Um, the origin of the word compete is from late Latin, and it means to strive together. Mm. What competing used to mean is not so much the win or do I win or I lose, but in the end, Angela, do you and I make each other better? And that could be for an, an athletic contest. It could be I win the project or you win the project in our business, or it could simply be we're debating the project around a table, but we're stuck between collaboration and cutthroat. Mm. Cutthroat is really what he's talking about. Right keeps us from innovating right well so, Jeff I'm, um, I'm going to do this real quick because I want you to get into this assessment tool and, and Terry's sitting over here signaling me like crazy so let's take a quick break and I know our listeners are not going to want to miss what is this striver quotient assessment tool that you have used years of experience to create that um, you know can really identify how to go from good to great all right, segment two, Life Planning 101, right here on KTX KDY. Angela? Yes, we have a very special guest with us this morning, a coach, which was actually named at one time the National Coach of the Year and was named a Conference Coach of the Year 10 times from being at the University of Texas as the women's tennis coach, uh, Jeff Moore, on the show with us today, uh, who also wrote the book Strive Together. And by the way, you can find out all of Jeff's information on his website. He's got an incredible blog that he's been doing during this COVID-19 crisis on ambiguity. Uh, and it's all at moreleadership.com. That's M-O-O-R-E leadership.com. And of course, we're going to have him featured on our uh, weekly life lessons this week. So if you aren't subscribed to that, make sure you do that at www.kennedy-financial.com where you can re-listen to uh, this podcast and also uh, be able to find out more about Mr. Jeff Moore. So uh, with that being said, Jeff, we asked you a very important question right before the end of the right before the break and then we cut you off so what is this striver quotient assessment tool that you've come up with well i wanted to create an assessment coming out of coaching and going into leadership coaching i wanted to create an assessment that assessed uh, a person's willingness to compete based on the latin origin of the word compete which is to strive together which again means that if you and i compete in the end, uh, one person wins, one person loses, or it's a debate. But in the end, and the essence of competing is that we make each other better. It's a shared purpose. So I wanted to create an assessment that evaluated one's willingness to strive together in four relationships. Relationship to self, which is the conversation you have with yourself. Do I want to jump in the fire and take on this project? Uh, relationship to team which is a team you're a member of, not in charge of, and relationship to boss, the person that is supervising you. And the fourth relationship is relationship to direct reports, which 
for a coach would be his or her athletes. In school, the teacher's uh, direct report, so to speak, would be their students. So I wanted to create an assessment that was a catalyst for what I did, that evaluated attributes so that it's actionable. The limitation of personality assessments is you get a good understanding of who you are, but it's not truly actionable. You can certainly adapt who you are, but in my mind, you can't really adapt who you are unless you just find out where you are as a striver and do I want to move. Absolutely. So that's, in essence, that's what it does. Yeah, progress always starts when we tell ourselves the truth, right? Yes. Yes. So that's amazing. And, and, you know, as I was reading through your blogs and I had a couple things hit me really hard, especially during this time. And I think number one is what you just said, you know, that assessment, not, not only for a team, but for you, you know, your relationship to yourself and even as the leader. I think uh, times like this, times of crisis are, you know, when you see strivers show up the most. But we all have ebbs and flows. We all have peaks and valleys in our lifetime. And would you speak for just a minute, Offset, you brought up, uh, and I loved your blogs, by the way, you you are a history buff because you talked about presidents, uh, which (laughs) was wonderful. But um, you brought up uh, something about George Washington, and you told a story in there. And maybe this isn't even how you wrote it to mean, but I took it as, you know, kind of a self-check. What's the greater good here? What are we really trying to accomplish? And will you speak to that a little bit on that relationship to self? Because I think this is important not only for the team member, but also the leader themselves. Well, he was, by the way, George Washington, all the examples I used are people who became leaders who earlier in their lives were failures. And Mm. that's one thing that happens today too much as we feel like, well, go to an off-site, to a leadership training program, and come back a leader. And Mm. leadership can't be taught. It's an art. And so the leader that George Washington became, he became that through experience and failure. It was cultivated in him. And basically, he had to make extremely unconventional decisions because he was facing a British army. I mean, I'm not sure anyone's ever faced bigger odds than George Washington did. So he had to find a way to keep his men, to cultivate in his men a spirit that they'll keep going. And he himself, personally, that internal conversation, had to make decisions based on where, what he wanted to do, what strategy he wanted to use, decisions um, basically that ultimately resulted in him doing things that had never been done before. So he was solving problems that truly did not have answers, whereas the British were playing by the playbook. So, and that's really what's it has characterized in good times and really what I consider really good times is America has stepped up and had that spirit. Anything's possible. And it's all started with him. Right. And, you know, in my opinion, it all starts in the the heart of America where, you know, you have or, or today it all starts in the heart of America where you've got all these small business owners and, you know, these leaders that have made America what it is. It's created the American dream over time. Um, and you talk about that spirit of strivership. And you've mentioned that a couple of times when you say that spirit of strivership, what really is an embodiment for that term? Well, strivership is an ethic of continuous improvement based on the origin of compete to strive together so and a spirit of strivership is embedded when the leader cultivates attributes the attributes that are outlined in the assessment that i use cultivates them in their people what is cultivating well what most 
leaders do or what most people in leadership positions do is they talk about attributes or core values. They put them on the wall. Uh, they pronounce. They prescribe. Uh, they mandate. What cultivating means is I walk into your office, Angela, and you're killing it on a project. But instead of just focusing on the result, you're killing on the project, I make note of, of your resilience that you're demonstrating or the fact that you had to attack this seemingly impossible problem from six different mm-hmm. directions. And I don't rate you on resilience. I don't rate you on problem solving. We don't, I don't use those words, but I ask you questions. I make observations. How did you do that? And that's the way you get people to stretch mm, um, over time. The problem with prescribing it, with talking about it, reading books, going to off-sites, is you keep those types of attributes in the abstract. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, for instance, a leader will start a meeting, let's be resilient today. Then the meeting takes place. At the end of the meeting, he or she says, way to be problem solvers. Well, there's not an attachment <laughs> to any action that was taken. It's just not in the moment. Right. So, so leadership is truly an art. And you never stop becoming a leader. As soon as you think you're a leader, you become a manager, in my mind. Mm. I mean, I'm learning Ooh. every day. I like that. Now, that's, that's, really, uh, that's really challenging words there, So, but I think it's a good one. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, and something I'll, I'll leave you with with a question. I know it's not on your outline, but again, it's just something that hit me as I read through this. Um, you know, teams, you know, are they apt to become more divisive? under this ambiguity based on kind of as you were talking about the differences of the makeup in that team. And so when we come back, we'd love to talk to, we've got three more to get through before the end of the show. So um, I'm really excited to hear from you. We may just have to have Mr. Moore back on sometime because this is just powerful stuff for leaders. So um, we look forward to hearing you when we come back from this quick break, Life Planning 101. All right, final segment, Life Planning 101. Angela, let's get right to it. Yes, we have Mr. Jeff Moore uh, that was a a 23-year UT coach at Austin. If you have missed the show, I'm just going to tell you, you have to go back and listen to it. It's absolutely phenomenal as he's coaching us today on thriving in ambiguity and being a leader in that situation. That is what he does as coaches, leaders, coaches, CEOs, coaches, entrepreneurs to help them lead their teams. Um, And I think, you know, right now you, you said it right before. I'm going to steal your words, uh, Jeff. We are in a moment that could be a silver lining for people uh, as we, we go through this crisis. And we left you with a question right before the, the break, you know, about teams, uh, you know, your relationship to your teams. And do you think teams, because of what you have discovered with this striver versus arriver concept, that they're more decisive under ambiguity like this or divisive? I mean, no, it doesn't have to be that way. It takes courage to be on a great team, and on a great team, each team member is completely unafraid and feels secure to challenge other teammates or to assert what they believe in, and they also fully expect to be challenged in return. So there can be tension, but without tension, there's no growth in weightlifting, in a muscle, (laughs) building strength in a muscle, there's also no growth in building relationships. Here's the difference, though. When you leave the meeting room or the tennis court or the football field, everything that happened in that space stays there, and you support your teammates to everyone outside of your team unconditionally, no exceptions. Internally, if I have a problem with you and you're my teammate, I communicate with you 
directly in a timely manner. And it, I see it, if I'm on a highly competitive, serious team, I see that as my responsibility to the team. No distractions. Triangulation on a team is a disease. Triangulation meaning I have a problem with you, Angela. I go talk to Joe about it. Mm. That is a disease. So the most important factor in team is relationship to self. What are you, Angela, going to bring to your team? We've sort of lost that. I think we focused a little bit too much on team, team, team in terms of let's all get along. When I had teams that where that was the goal, we always underachieved. When I had teams where it was built on respect first, they came and maybe not, they didn't like each other particularly. They built a harmony that was far stronger over time because it was built on respect. You know, as you talk, I, I, I'm sitting here envisioning all these sports movies I've seen over the years, right? And, over the last and, week. And over the last week, right? Uh, but, you know, it's so true. You wrote in your fourth blog that 68% of people are disengaged at work. They're not bringing themselves they're not showing up and the greatest sports stories out there there's always two rivalry there's always two rival athletes right there's something going on um that they're pushing each other and uh you also wrote about a great president and uh another great president (laughs) that uh talked about the political rivals in his own cabinet and i thought this was so empowering so i would love for you to close out you know the show just kind of talking about how that is empowering and as people are thinking about their teams today and reassessing where they're at and what they need to be thinking for their future and to to grow themselves out of this, uh, what do they need to be thinking in terms of there? Well, Abraham Lincoln um, recruited for his cabinet all of his, this is in the book Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin, uh, recruited all the people that had run against him, some viciously run against him for president because they were experts in their fields. And he cultivated that in a, a sense in them that they could overcome any obstacle to win the Civil War. And interestingly, last night there was a show on Michael Jordan, just to use a more current example, and one thing he said during um, the documentary is his older brother, he used to compete against his older brother, and they were vicious on the basketball court. No parents around, no private coaches. They just went at it, and he said, without my brother pushing me, someone I loved, I never would have gotten better. And that, in essence, sort of uh, describes you know, what a truly great competitor looks for. Yeah, what a, what a true team needs to be. So Yeah, um, and, and again, again, um, I think you build over time a kind of like, a kind of harmony that's way more powerful than any sort of social grouping or because you're going through something together. In the case of sports, you practice 80% of the time. <laughs> if you're not pushing each other during that time, you're not going to get better. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, you have been an absolute pleasure to have on our show. Uh, If you've missed this, please make sure you go uh, sign up at www.kennedy-financial.com. And um, also you can go to moreleadership.com and order Jeff's book or look up his coaching expertise and and how he goes about this process. Uh, Read the blogs. The information was just outstanding. Thank you so much, Jeff. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. And God bless you. I hope you stay healthy and happy with your family. And and to all of our listeners, we just pray that uh, God's favor is poured out upon you guys and and that all of you are are staying healthy and happy through this pandemic and, and that you will not let this crisis go to waste. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Carlton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated is an independent of Carlton & Associates, Incorporated, and Smart Money Group, LLC.